Hey, audio listener, you know there's video, right? No, I, I get it. Some of you are on the road, so you have to download this, take it with you on a plane. Some of you read through Braille, so this is your only option. But for other people, there are exclusive sketches and visual elements. This is a night, nightly show uh, over there on YouTube or for Mug Club members. Ladderwithclutter.com slash Mug Club. The show is daily beyond the clips that you just get on YouTube or here on iTunes. It's $99 for the year, $69 annually. We can only keep growing and uh, and spearheading the movement if you guys sign up. Ladderwithclutter.com slash Mug Club. But I get it. You're an audio-only guy or gal. There is no changing your mind. Enjoy the show. Glad to see you again. The show is going to start in a second, uh, but for people who don't yet know or haven't yet joined, uh, please do consider joining Mug Club at ladderwithcredit.com slash mug club. You get this wonderful hand-etched mug, uh, girthy, and you get access to like 80% more content along with access to the entire Blaze catalog. That's ladderwithcredit.com slash mug club. It's $69 for students, veterans, active military, and it's the only way we keep the lights on. We are not monetized on YouTube. It is entirely funded by viewers like you, and not a foreign caliphate, just mugs. For those who uh, have not yet joined up, here's a little bit of what you missed this week. Who writes these speeches? It must be the same person who cooked your face in a waffle iron. Oh! <laughs> Al Pacino piano. It's only one note. I love this episode. It's, it's how you make lemonade from shit. <laughs> All depictions of Kim family must be treated with the same reverence as the men themselves, which is why we've made this recent addition to our company restaurant. <laughs> I like to pee on the lips and not really? actually into uh, the mouth. Oh, well, you and R. Kelly. <laughs> Griff is actually the gentleman I spoke about in the clothes one time at the, the gym, the uh, yeah. Food for Thought guy. And I want to see your thoughts so you can see it. This is what's airing uh, right now on television. Let's also not forget someone in the trans community. Well, I absolutely would cover the right to have an abortion. People really discussing this. That, you just, that oh, was the yeah. national debate. That was a, the presidential debate. I thought it was a trick TV or something. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Louder with Crowder Studios, protected exclusively by Walther. And Betty. Now, where are the other two? The half-Asian and the wine guy? Well, we, uh, we, we looked everywhere, sir. I mean, ma ma'am. I mean, uh, Zier. Never mind. But, uh... It doesn't matter. Have you read our new community guidelines yet? Y yes, sir, but they're, uh, they're a little confusing uh, or contradictory. We've already broken most of them. Audio Wade. You desecrated a Dan Fogelberg song. But congratulations, you are actually the least offensive of the bunch. Quarter Black Garrett. Hello. You've taken part in some of the most racist sketches ever uploaded to this platform. Fat, drunken Quarter Black is no way to go through life, son. And Mr. Crowder. The reason we had to rewrite our community guidelines in the first place. There is literally not a single marginalized group that you haven't insulted. We've even had to create new groups just because of you. A fine example you've set. Now make sure you tell the half-Asian 
Captain and the wine guy exactly what I'm about to tell you. What, what was that, sir? You're out. Finished. At YouTube. Deplatformed. I want you off this channel Monday morning. And I'm sure you'll be happy to know I've contacted Facebook and Twitter as well. Also LinkedIn, TikTok, Slack, Spotify. You won't be able to so much as open a MySpace account. Well, well, out with it. Uh, me laughing behind the scenes that uh, we introduced the show with me having my lawyer assassinated. <laughs> oh, yeah. What a wonderful Good job. start to the show. Oh. Hey, by the, that reminds me, uh, uh, guests today will be talking about uh, Pete Buttigieg, uh, whether Ooh, he's a moderate yeah, candidate. Yeah, that's the right. question of the day. Right. Have you heard him referred to as a moderate candidate, Pete Buttigieg of uh, Indiana? And do you think that there have any, uh, been any truly moderate Democrats since 2000? Uh, I don't know. Whenever. Take your pick. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized I just meant to say any moderate, but I said the anemone, and it sounded like I said sea anemones. Really? Which yeah, I don't know if that's an actual thing. I don't know. Yes. Reminds me, my lawyer, <laughs> it is. as you see, uh, dies horribly. But uh, today we have, he protected Mike Tyson. Ooh. Jeffrey Epstein, Who Harvey Weinstein, recently Donald Trump, America's favorite lawyer, Alan Dershowitz, is here. <laughs> right. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be but first, oh wait, hold on a second. Before we get to that, uh, half Asian lawyer Bill Richmond, how are you? Feeling I'm wonderful. Better? Glad to be here. Quarter I'm black gear. How are you, sir? I'm great. Yeah, Any hood yeah. pass. I don't want it. I don't want to see it. And no, uh, it audio Wade, uh, G Morgan Jr. What's your wine of the day? Wine of the day is Born of Fire Cabernet. Oh, okay. Well, Born next time you can serve it to our audience members. Do you realize that we said no. let's serve it to our audience members, and he refused? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, did. <laughs> I refused service. <laughs> he seems like a nice. Right he seems like a nice guy, <laughs> but behind the scenes, he's a massive. I don't, so, I don't serve white people, Stephen. Sorry. We move on. <laughs> uh, we have to get to this. It's pretty high pitch. Hands off me! Hands off me! Hands off me! Get your hands off me! Get your hands off me! 
For those listening on audio, I'm sorry, but I uh, <laughs> yeah. I knew that was the anti-Trump that's protester. Rough. That's what people. But I knew that I knew it looked familiar. Yeah. And that's Conor McGregor's walkout music. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like the voice is going to be really hurting. I just yeah, yeah. Uh, you really can't even that. say in 2020 like, hey, don't don't just scream out haphazardly. <laughs> Because it's, it's not how adults yeah. act. It's like a toddler. <laughs> You're an adult. Oh, that's awesome. I it's love the it. emotional. You're not dropping your, your Irish folk song influenced single. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll also be talking about Pete Buttigieg quite a bit today and, uh, and uh, Michael Bloomberg. But leading the news, Bernie Sanders, of course, was the winner of the New Hampshire primary. Yeah. Uh, scored a slim victory over uh, former Mayor Pete Buttigieg. And uh, Sanders now turns his attention to um, South Carolina. That's the big story, of course, yeah, if you've been following time. it. Where he's, he's going to have to shift gears. People are talking about this. They tell, we don't talk about political strategy whole out in the show, but he's going to need to appeal, uh, and he's been trying to, more traditionally religious voters. Hey, hey Christ, what you doing? I'm fasting, Bernie. You know, if, if you were to endorse me for leader of the free world, everyone could be fasting all the time. It's true. Believe me, I know. Jesus. I'd like you to think about joining me. We can spread matching uniforms and tripling taxes across the world. So you mean stealing? Democratic stealing. So stealing. No, no democratic socialism! I'm okay. I'm gonna go back to fasting. What if I were to give you free healthcare? Free healthcare, really? Yes, except you'd have to pay for it. I'm not interested in any way, shape, Perhaps or form. I could interest you Look, I, I've had enough. I, I'm, I don't want any You're of your quite stuff. You're the persnickety Jew, I see. Do you like free speech? Very much so. It's, it's great. We're fresh out, but we do have some of these. I can do this all day. No, I'm okay. Ah, wait, wait. Endless possibilities. I'm gonna. Oh, oh, and Jesus. Yeah. yeah. One more thing. If you're truly God's son, and I'm not saying you are not, then jump down from this mountain. Surely the angels will. Oh, my leg. The son of man uh, rigging it against Bernie. That's true. Yeah. That's, everybody's uh, against him. The lamb of God clearly has a Klobuchar bent. Yes, <laughs> taking no sides. No ending really got me. Amy. Uh, also, by the way, some some sad news <laughs> to reply. I apologize for this program. <laughs> Alan Dershowitz after this. That's, America's favorite lawyer. Yes, there you go. Yes. Um, sad news, actually. Uh, an endangered wolf that walked 8,700 miles wow. to find wow. a mate, and love has died. This comes from The Guardian. Uh, scientists had been tracking the wolf since she left Oregon for California in 2018, wow. cross-country to find a mate. They uh, named her OR-54, which in Cherokee translates to traveling whore wolf. <laughs> oh. Well, <laughs> she is, yeah. Oh, she, oh, okay, okay. Oh, she's lovely. It's starting to make she sense She knows now. what she wants. 
Did she get lost on the way? 8,700 miles from Oregon to California? It's like no, she's a just a filthy wolf slut. So, okay. in international news, you, you know what? Horror wolf, traveling horror wolf, they're not going to respect you until you respect yourself. <laughs> you just have to be yourself. It's enough. It's enough. In international news, by the way, uh, the Swiss, uh, they don't make the news a whole lot, but they yeah. voted uh, to uh, penalize public homophobia. Now, oh. that's going to be a new law. Wow. Uh, it wasn't before. Yeah. Now they are protected, which is uh, actually great news for Switzerland's number one favorite hot cocoa brand, Swiss Miss Turfucker. So that is, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's delicious. It's an offshoot. Brand. Convenient. Yeah. Is that alkali processed cocoa? I don't touch I don't, it unless no. it is. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't think it is. I'm a cacao fan, really. Oh, good mm. lord. And you know what the difference is? Nothing. It means I'm an asshole. Ah. <laughs> I just say Gee. cacao because I want to have the conversation where you say, what do you mean, cocoa? I say, no, no, cacao. And then I explain to you the different processing. It just means you should walk along your merry way and avoid me at a party. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Agreed. I do walk that. Away. I do that anyway. I also pay too much for groceries. So a man <laughs> was, uh, in another news, he was arrested for trying to pay a prostitute. With a hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> Comes from Newsweek. And it may, been a good oh it may seem out of the ordinary to some uh, trying to pay for sex with a hamburger, but it's actually surprisingly and increasingly common. It happens quite a bit. So oh when you, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> wow. Yes. Okay. Oh, hey, hey. Why McDonald's hamburger? Don't even get me started on the Burger Jeez. King Kids Club. <laughs> oh. It's yeah. not a club you want to be a part no. of. No, it is, it is not. For people who listen to audio, going, what is this? It makes no sense. Well, and also, for those listening on audio, do you remember Grimace? <laughs> can, I, can I also? It's for kind those, of central. Interest you. For those listening on audio, you're, what, you're listening to a TV show. Yes, Sorry. effectively. <laughs> effectively. So, but we still want you there. Yes, we do. We love hate you. On and the remember, the key not, takeaway here is that Gerald is an, uh, is an ungenerous <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yep. That's it. He's Gerald the only needs wine some guy. Grimace love. Yes, he does. Mm -hmm. What do you use? Do you, pay, do you pay with McDoubles? No, I pay with wine. Is you pay with wine? Yes. Oh, okay, Ooh, good. Just about everything. Good. Yeah, I just boxed him into a corner because I know his wife is watching. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I paid for sex with wine. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Just companionship. <laughs> yeah. <it's>, yeah. <laughs> Gerald's like, I just need you just to come over here and hold me. No, no, no. Nuzzle me, you large. Muzzle me. <laughs> nuzzle, nuzzle. Nuzzle? I don't nuzzle. even need a host. I'm just gonna let you two go. go. I know. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, hey, by the way, another story proving uh, once again that uh, internet is not real life. Andrew Yang dropped out of the presidential oh, race. Oh, yes. oh cousin. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> man, you were doing so good. Your parents were almost proud. Yeah, man. Uh, game, game, almost. Bro. I just thought, actually, when I saw the story, I thought it was a new Hallmark film with Dean Cain. Oh, yeah, oh, that's what I was, I was under the so fault. Sad. But, you know, it could be. It, it absolutely really could be. Could be. Uh, Andrew Yang told supporters, I'm not someone who wants to take people's time and dedication if I don't think we have a chance to win. Huh. So uh, everyone here, listen, obviously That's we rough. look at these people as worthy competitors. Everyone here wishes Mr. Yang well in his future endeavors, of course, no ill will. Uh, but for Andrew and the Yang gang, it's time to close. Mr. Yang, your, your signature policy is to give every adult in the United States $1,000 a month, no questions asked. That's right. Uh, I think that's like $3.2 trillion a year. How would you do that? Sorry? Time to close. Endings and beginnings are ending and beginning now. Time to close. It's time to go to places where you go to. You're Pizza guy. I want that pizza. I know. 
it's time for the singers to come. I know that it's time for things to close. You are getting. I know that it's time for things to close. Things to close. Opening is complete. Who's next? Get in here! Oh. Please, no, 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 please, no. Presidential candidates shouldn't be doing Jello shots. No, sir, sir, Andrew's all-white lawyer was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna need you to stop." I wish that I loved. Anything as much as Andrew Yang loved running for president. Oh, man. He's a good guy. I'm going to miss him. He had a good time with it. Great spirit. Also, by the way, Tom Steyer dropped out. Time to You called me. You told me. All right, let's not do that. I don't want to get milled. I just want to say hi, Bernie. Yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> that was that was Tom Steyer. Yeah, was. Oh wow! You know, we all have different yeah. highlight reels. You know, okay? actually, Tom oh. Steyer didn't drop out. That was oh. actually Michael Bennett. Yeah. So. Oh okay. wow! Well, when I, I when, to say hi. when I tell the story, it's Tom Steyer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? By the time you know this, this runs away. in a delay, so there's a there's a ninety yeah, percent chance yeah, he, will, he too yeah, will drop true. out. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Hey, is Hickenlooper dead? Yes. So, uh, former chances. New York City mayor uh, Mike Mike Bloomberg is actually now paying. This is a big story. He's paying influencers oh to gosh. make him seem cool. Oh, wow, dude! This comes from the Daily Beast. For one hundred and fifty dollars, the Bloomberg campaign will pay people to say that Mike Bloomberg is the most electable. And he's really trying to appeal to young people. Do, do people. A lot of people don't remember this. Did you ever see the clip for um, um, the moves like Bloomberg? That Simpsons episode where it's please welcome Ow. Counselor Black. The guy, listen, Michael Bloomberg, he really just wants the millennial vote, and it's it's not been working out well for him. We understand yeah. what he's. Did yeah. somebody say Bloomberg? Oh no, <laughs> I don't think we did. Oh, look, if you only had. One Bloomberg. Nope, that's enough. One that's enough. I don't want this to happen on my nope. show. Get off. No. Leave. Nope. That's nope. enough. Nope. Leave the $150 on the desk. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Got to get paid. I don't even care about his politics or the weird face. It's just, <laughs> it's lazy writing. Yeah. I thought you were going to say hi. Who only has one Bloomberg? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Bloomberg. You're just trying to write it backwards. <laughs> I love it. I don't. A Louisiana man, <laughs> Louisiana man, by the way. We're going to be talking about Pete Buttigieg and Alan Dershowitz. Soon, uh, soon. Spoiler alert. Again, do you think Pete Buttigieg is a moderate candidate? That's how they're trying to sell him right now. I do not agree. Uh, a Louisiana man, in other news, uh, he's been arrested and charged for burning down three historically Ugh. black churches. This wow. comes from NPR. He pled guilty to all counts and was sentenced to five years in a historically black prison. It's not going to go well. Yeah. Finally, uh, My Little Pony... <laughs> I think it's more funny to me because it's the theater of the mind. Yeah, sure. Uh, what you imagine? Sure. Yeah. Rape. So finally, um, <laughs> My Little Pony, which I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy, except that guy. Uh, my Little Pony and Transformers have announced a crossover yes. now. This comes from comicbook.com because it's a slow news week, so we can put it in a <laughs> legitimate know. news source. Uh, Twilight Sparkle teams up with Optimus Prime to overcome malevolent magic and machinery. Um, the new series will be aptly called 
trans ponies, and uh, they actually have already signed the merchant. We know this; it's uh, all about yeah, merchandise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Signed the merchandising deal already, and uh, we have an exclusive first look. Don't worry, my little tree. Here, you can use whatever restroom you like. Thanks, Optimus Prime. My little tree, available exclusively at Target. <laughs> they put all their eggs in the brick they and mortar did. basket. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and it's panning out. It is. It's working. It's working. I have well. to admit, I was wrong. <laughs> I didn't think they were positioned well to compete with Amazon and Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't see my little pony coming down the pike. It's innovation. Their market. innovation wins. What am I, an oracle? Uh, by the way, our trivia contest winner from last week, who is it there, uh, quarterback Garrett? It is Rebecca Patterson. Oh, and uh, she correctly, correctly identified, identified? Uh, one of my favorite cigars, yeah. Brickhouse Standard. Uh, absolutely. Nice. And uh, I think we're uh, about, you guys ready? You guys yeah, ready? I think so. Right. Did you take too much of a nip of the bourbon no, this morning? You no, seem very enough. tired. Not, and usually, just Asian. Well, no, but it's the opposite, because yeah, you never have the puffs under tell. your eyes. It's usually very taut. It's been a long week. Hey, I've been crying over my cousin Andrew. It's okay? like what, the right. underneath your eyes is like when, my, a pup, it's like when I put up Look, a pup tent. I called yeah. Kim Jong-un. We were commiserating together. The underneath, the underbags of your eyes are like that tent that self-pups in the movie Congo. We were crying. Just throw it up and it goes, Parasite wins. Oh. All right. I just want to make sure you're ready, because it's time <laughs> for the meat segments. <laughs> Um, it is a fast one. Um, is a fast one. So this is what we'll be talking about today. You've been hearing this quite a bit that Pete Butt Gig, uh, I know I don't care how it's pronounced, that he is <laughs> yeah, booty gig, booty the, the moderate in the Democratic Party. Everyone's been hearing this, right? Yes. This is the attack. They're trying to frame it after uh, after New Hampshire and after Iowa. Right. And it's this war between Sanders and Pete Buttigieg. Sanders, he's leading in total votes. Buttigieg has slightly more delegates. Um, well, let's let's uh, let's let someone else tell you so that you believe it. You need 1,991 delegates to win the nomination. This is the beginning of a long road to that Democratic convention in Milwaukee. Take a look at where we are. Buttigieg actually has a two-delegate lead at 23. Sanders, 21. Warren, 8. Klobuchar, 7. Biden, down at 6. So Bernie Sanders very well emerges from New Hampshire after a strong showing in Iowa as the national frontrunner with this race. Look at his face. But actually, in the way you get the nomination, winning 1,991 delegates, it's Pete Buttigieg, who out of these first two contests, is actually out in front. Do you see his, uh, how, it looks like he just saw the Pillsbury Doughboy on his table. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he looks so like Judge happy. Napolitano just the kid from Christmas Story. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He's like, ah, Pete Buttigieg is leading! You put your eye out. What is up? He's so enthusiastic. It's bizarre to me. Oh my God. We can bleep it. That's okay. That's but okay. We'll make it work. My reputation means not a thing. <laughs> Pink has told me I'm perfect the way I am. So, just a quick Aww. recap uh, Iowa, people have been asking about the Iowa debacle. I find it incredibly boring. There was an app made uh, by Democrats, it was Shadow Inc., uh, which uh, had only been around a couple of months to calculate the results. The app malfunctioned. And then we Go found figure. out that uh, Pete Buttigieg made a victory speech, even though there were zero official results, which, hmm. by the way, Good for you. That's a pimp move, Pete Buttigieg. I actually respect it. Like, hey, I haven't announced a winner. I'm just going to say I'm a winner. Boom. <laughs> well, the, can't the take that away from me. But that's, that's illegal. I don't really care. Oh. The coin flip I'm, told him. Yeah. Oh, well. I'm gay. If they say I can't do it, I'll just say it's a hate crime, and well, that'll be that. <laughs> done and done. Yeah. By the way, oh my I don't think he is. I think it's, I think it's a reverse beard. Really? Yeah, I wow. think he's straight as an arrow. He's straight and wow. just boring. Yeah. I think he's wow. straight. Oh. Yeah. 
playing the long uh, game. And by the way, it also turns out his campaign donated over $40,000 to the app company. What? Uh, and uh, the Iowa Democratic Party, they were caught making errors that strangely always seemed to favor Pete Buttigieg over Bernie, so you can look into it. <laughs> I understand why people think the, the, the deck may be stacked against Bernie. Yeah. I, I'm not willing to uh, confirm that or say that I agree with you, but I understand why people might sort of express that sentiment. Um, so a lot of Bernie bros think something fishy's going on. Okay, yeah. fine. Uh, the dynamic here now is that it's the socialist, Bernie Sanders, versus this sort of centrist. That's what they're trying to create with Pete Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders. But the question really remains, is Buttigieg actually a moderate? You've been fed that a whole lot. Uh, There's no, no way. Let's, come down, no. let's get down to brass tacks. Uh, let's go to, let's start with immigration, okay? Immigration, economics, and we'll get into more right. uh, social issues. And um, I think half Asian Bill is uncomfortable get, that he get, got killed in the intro. No, 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 yeah. actually, I'm just, He's still know. dead. I'm just really, I cannot, I can, I just really can't wrap my mind around that a group that has always championed diversity is going to be choosing between two white males <laughs> for, maybe, yeah, that is but one I of mean, them is, but one of them is gay. Sort of. Uh, That's why I think it'll be Pete Buttigieg, because they have to have a first maybe. something, right? <laughs> Kamala do, Harris, yeah. first black woman, Elizabeth Warren, first woman, Bernie yeah. Sanders. First I mean, socialist. Right. You know, yeah, I don't know. Like, not really. First president of Depends. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> but Pete Buttigieg, they go, look, first, first president. First, first president, and actually, because uh, we haven't had a female president, he's the first president. I mean, who, who likes who likes Wiener? That we that know we know of. of. That, that we know, know of. That, that we right. Know of. At that point, you're just saying like, great, Bernie will be the first necklace president. You know, he's yeah. just always the shoulders are always right. I mean, it does. You can just set the standards <laughs> so low. But he going has no neck. No necklace. Oh, no necklace. Oh. He's got no, no neck. neck. I was thinking you went on a cruise and came back with those. Sh Puka shells and beads in his hair. No, he just had the little, uh, you know, little braids. I have side. a henna tattoo. <laughs> Thank you, Carnival. <laughs> Sanders. It leaves from Jersey and goes up the St. Lawrence Canal. I saw Beluga. So, <laughs> but he says there. I don't think there are. I don't think there are belugas in the St. Lawrence River. By the way, I'm from Montreal. That we know of. That we know of. That's three Pinocchios. Canals and rivers are not my. I'm more. I know a lot about ravines. Uh, you do. If you have a question about ravines, I'm your man. It's when true. it comes to the canals. <laughs> I'm out to lunch. Um, so, Bud King, uh, when we talk about immigration, I think the first clip we, has, uh, we have it's on immigration, right? Yeah, he says that yeah. um, there are 11 million illegals in the United States, and there's some, um, there's some arguments uh, as to that number exactly, right. but let's yeah. use the number that he uses. And he says that there are 11 million illegals in the United States, though, because the economy brought them here. And oh. then he also clarifies that, uh, or extrapolates, that the mission of ICE is illegal. There you go. The reason we have 11 million undocumented immigrants is because our economy needed 11 million more people than our system <laughs> wait, wait, was wait. prepared to admit. What? So what? another thing we got to do when we do that reform is set it up so that in the future you can review every couple of years how many work-based visas we need to keep our economy going. When our immigration authorities are given an inhumane and in my view in many ways illegal set of policies to carry out, Okay, let's clarify mm. what ICE's purpose is, okay? It is yeah. to protect America from the cross-border crime and illegal immigration that threaten national security and public safety. So no, Pete, mm -mm. it's not illegal. They're, they're quite literally enforcing the most basic duty of the United <laughs> yeah. States government in ensuring the safety of our borders from people who could potentially break the law and can't be tracked. And the reason that ICE is necessary, and I know that there are a lot of people at the Young Turks and Samantha Bee who say it's a criminal enterprise, you know, they want you to think that right. it's the Corleones. They're saying, oh, there should be no ICE. <laughs> 
police. It's criminal. We already have a police force. But the reason ICE exists is because there are still illegal immigrants. There used to be in record numbers. Now it's been decreasing. Thank you, right. Donald Trump. Make yep. America great. Yeah. I appreciate it. I was wrong. Didn't think you would win. 2020 is going to be a landslide. Please come on the show. My point is... <laughs> that was a lot. My point here is... It is, there is a reason that they exist, that they are necessary, and it's because yes. the job wasn't being done. And we'll get to, there are some more reasons as to why that is, Pete Buttigieg. Take a guess. It involves you. First, hit the notification bell if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, or leave a review if you're listening on iTunes, and do consider joining Mug Club, lightofcredit.com slash Mug Club. Yeah. You get an entire show every day and access to the whole Blaze catalog, along with uh, some additional content yeah. from uh, Gerald and Bill and uh, uh, Dave Rubin. Ooh. You know what? Wow. I respect Dave Rubin because he doesn't side with Pete Buttigieg. It'd sure. be very easy it would. to, you know, the, it, have a conclave of the gays. Right. Well, yes. And they'd be sending a out pink, pink smoke. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it a coven? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> pink um, smoke. Uh, we'll get back to immigration, but let's move on to health care. Because a lot of people say, well, he's moderate because he's not a radical. Here's the thing. When you're comparing Pete Buttigieg yeah. to a radical socialist who right. spent his honeymoon in the USSR, oh, he spent his honeymoon in the Zangief level. <laughs> True story. <laughs> and loved it. I just want to make clear. Um, yeah, you might see him as a moderate, but I think it's important to compare him to all past Democrats, including Barack Obama. Barack yeah. Obama couldn't even see Pete Buttigieg to his left. He's so far to the left of Barack Obama. So let's keep that in context. Let's yeah. go to health care. He's seen as a moderate because he wants Medicare for all who want it. That's his plan. That's Ooh. what he calls it. And that's a government-sponsored plan uh, to people who want it while letting others keep their private insurance as opposed to Simply Medicare for all, no other option. Yeah. Like Bernie Sanders. So this is really, to be clear, people don't necessarily understand. They say, well, it seems more moderate than Bernie Sanders. Okay, sure, it's a public option, just like Obamacare, but to a far more extreme degree. Let me explain. If you don't enroll in, uh, in the insurance plan, the Medicare for all, for those who want it, according to Pete yeah. Buttigieg, instead of just being fined $695, I think that's what it was, right, under yeah, Obamacare? Yeah, under Obamacare. $600, $700, I don't remember exactly. You'll be auto instead of that, you'll be automatically registered, if you don't have insurance, in the government program, and you could retroactively owe as much as $7,000 wow. in premiums wow. at the end of the year, even though you never used the insurance. Oh my gosh. So, you, so it's like, for all who want it, and if you don't want it, well, you're going to pay $7,000 anyway. Well, I thought you said if I want it. <laughs> yeah, but then I realized... Um, Oops. Thank you. Oh, thank <laughs> exactly. you, Pete Buttigieg. Right? Now I understand now, like, yeah. the plan. Well, and their, their, their campaign is so out of touch with reality that their staffers basically said, well, it's not like you didn't have health insurance the entire year. You're just paying for something that you had that you didn't pay for before. Are you, somebody's going to be happy. But I didn't that? want it. I don't. I it don't, doesn't matter. I don't and understand I, the words that are coming out of your I mouth. I never used it. Well, you could have. <laughs> but I didn't want to. No, well, you know, I guess we're at an impasse. No, we're not. That's not how this works. <laughs> no. You are stealing from me. You say tomato, I say $7,000 premium. <laughs> And it doesn't end there, by the way, because we go back to the illegal immigration. So you talk about this. It's Medicare for all who want it, which really isn't an option. Uh, he wants to extend the government-funded insurance oh, to everyone, including illegal immigrants. Here you go. And for people listening on audio, I'll help translate. He's talking about uh, health care to everyone in the country, to allegedly an illegal immigrant. She's saying, como dice, free shit. <laughs> Medicare for all who want it, Pete Buttigieg says, that is our solution. And this opportunity to buy this plan is for everyone. 
it's uh, regardless of their immigration status. What? Yeah. Say what? Come on, dice free shit. C. At least his Spanish is better than uh, Cory Booker. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly that image yeah. is what I was thinking about when I was watching. That. It's better than Cory Rourke. Oh my gosh! But not as good as uh, as Andrew Yang's Cantonese. Is it Cantonese? I have no idea. Don't care. He's gone. <laughs> but, He's merely a footnote. News. That's right. In the history books of the Asians. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> footnote. I love it. Uh, sometimes I feel like Andrew Yang just wanted to build a wall to block out all the other candidates. They just say when you're not doing well, you revert to what you know. I think he wanted to party for a few months and have it funded by other people. Mission accomplished. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. I mean, he did it. <laughs> Great. But think about this for a second. Think about that. Uh, you want to create basically mandated. They say it's an option, but you have taxpayer-funded health care. And then you want to extend it to people who are not even citizens. And yeah. by the way, do you see now the problem with abolishing an organization like ICE, who are designed to prevent illegal immigration while you are simultaneously incentivizing it? And you are incentivizing it, by the way. Let's be honest, Pete Buttigieg. You've never done anything successfully yourself in your own life. You are incentivizing it by footing the bill at the American taxpayers' expense. Yes. Expense. Ooh. They don't care about the American worker. People wonder nope, why all. why the all of you've seen all of these states that have flipped over. I was I don't think I've ever been more wrong about anything in my life when I said there's no way Donald Trump wins Michigan. Yeah, I know. Yeah. There's no way because it was such a working class kind of union state and the unions were bought and paid for by by obviously Democrats. And then Hillary Clinton yeah. just I mean just screwed it up. <laughs> she did uh, everything yeah. possible to lose them. It <laughs> is remarkable it, yeah. to me, but these people don't feel represented by you. Why? Because according to Bernie Sanders, mind you, anyone making over twenty nine thousand dollars a year would have to pay more for this government-funded health insurance program, and so the American taxpayer will be subsidizing illegal immigrants according to their own words. It doesn't mean that the American taxpayer, the average American worker, is racist. It doesn't mean that they hate brown people. It means that they don't want to be forced into a health care system, when they don't want to be a part of. A lot of them like their private insurance, and they certainly don't want to be forced to pay for people who have no business being here in the first place, many of whom don't pay any taxes and the ones with face tattoos are animals. Not all of them, I want to be clear. I don't want you to say no, that like true. Donald yeah. Trump, I'm calling all Mexicans animals. No. no, 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 no. Just the ones with the face tattoos who do gang initiations where they steal Gran Torinos. Mm. <laughs> it's very specific. Yeah. Those were my Just cousins. Sure. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they were terrible actors. And they dressed up yeah. as Hispanic guys with uh, face tattoos. Okay. okay. Uh, so <laughs> let's move on to guns. This is another one, and this is a really hard issue for the left because yeah. you have a lot of people. Look at Bernie Sanders. He's from Vermont. It's as liberal as it gets. The yeah. place of Ben and Jerry, for crying out loud. And you don't even need a permit at all to carry a gun. Open or concealed, they have the most liberal gun laws in the country. There are plenty of Democrats who are still pro-Second Amendment. This is a real problem for the Democratic Party. Pete Buttigieg, he signed off on all of the Democrats' most radical gun control uh, proposals. And I want you to watch this clip because it's very, very telling in his own words as to why he is so pro-gun control and sweeping, constricting uh, gun control legislation. Closing the hate loophole, the Charleston the loophole, loophole? The that loophole mean? disarming I hate uh, domestic <laughs> abusers, enacting red flag laws, ex extreme risk protection orders, uh, banning the sale of, uh, of uh, assault weapons like what I carried in Afghanistan. We know what we have to do. The question is, how do we make sure that this time really is different? Because every time we say this time is different. And all of the plans, of course, I think my plan is the best. So does everybody else. Of course. All of them are multiplied by zero if we don't actually get something done. 
And so this is not just a question about policy. This is a question about power. There it is. It's a question mm -hmm. about uh -huh. power. Yeah. That's what it is. It's not about policy. It's a question about power. Because what would be more empowering to a bloated bureaucratic federal government than removing your ability to say no? At some point down the line, yep. that's really what the Second Amendment yeah. is. People don't understand. They talk about a war. It's not, it's not about a civil war. And of course, right. I'm not advocating any kind of civil unrest right now. But what the Second, Second Amendment is truly about, right? You have the First Amendment. You have the right to say whatever you want. The Second Amendment allows you the right to defend saying no. Well, you're going to have to do this. No, you're going to have to pay for health care for illegal immigrants. No, yeah. that's what the Second Amendment is not. Or right. you're going to have to be enslaved. Take your pick. Name any corrupt government throughout the history of man. We act like we're somehow beyond this. Right. Yeah. We act like we're somehow beyond. This. Slavery goes on across the world. You have people across the modern Western world who are jailed for jokes. Yeah. The Second Amendment allows you to say, hey, we're going to take you to prison because you made a joke. Nope. That's the express purpose of the Second Amendment. That's yeah. why they talk about it being about Power. Something else that I think is important here: the hate loophole. It sort of struck. Wait, 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 hold on. But no, actually, that before out? that, he said, "Like weapons, I took into war." He was in the military. Can you point me to any soldier who's gone into battle with an AR-15 ever? Hmm. Ever? Mm -mm. You're a you're I'm a never. shooter there, half Asian builders. Do they carry AR-15s? No, they're carrying M16s. They're carrying yeah, M16s. Maybe they're oh, carrying an M4. Gun. Maybe they're carrying an M60. But they're all carrying right. automatic or burst, which are outside of the AR-15. Exactly, oh. and that's pretty important because they try to say, well, the AR-15 is very. It's the same. It's the same chassis as an M16, only it doesn't have the automatic or burst. Fire. That's the whole point. One is <laughs> a gun where you pull a trigger and a bullet comes out like all. Oh, guns, the other is a machine gun, effectively. Yeah. I have two Walther PPQs, okay? One of them fires 9mm, one of them fires 40 Smith & Wesson, I have three, sorry. Then one fires 22 for plinking in practice. Yeah. It's not the same firearm. Just because it looks the same, that is the least relevant piece of information as it relates to a firearm. So, can, I want people to think about this particular point. Yes, there's I always, want them to think. There's always this question of saying, well, isn't more today, we're having more mass murders we're having more problem with these guns. But before the automatic weapons ban was passed, before the assault weapons ban was passed, um, before we got into a society that cared less about conservative principles and more about uh, cultural and moral relativism, they all agree there was less mass murders, less mass shootings back then. So, wait, we have more laws, we have more restrictions, mm -hmm. so is the difference not the amount of guns that we have or the amount of people with guns, it's the question of who's behind the gun and who's right. actually pulling the trigger, and that's never addressed in that entire list that he gave you about right. how do we prevent these And, and I understand that's more, of, that's more of a philosophical exercise because sure. the truth is they're lying. There is an increased crime. <laughs> well, right. Even, yeah. But even if but you assume, their argument. assume yeah. that it's true, it, does, it falls apart when right. you get past the surface of right. it. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Okay. And the other thing, yeah. and I want you to come in on this, the hate loophole. I, well, hold on a second. And here's something. Th these people do this a lot because, like he said, they're in positions of power, right? And they right. want yeah. you in the dark as much as possible. That's not a conspiracy. When he says hate loophole, this is the first I've heard of it. This is what I do for a living. Oh. <laughs> what the hell is hate really? loophole? You don't you know, know about that? Mm -hmm. I don't know about the hate yeah, loophole. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. Really? It's the one that says that it's if really you have big a, a race card or a gender card, you can use that to say everyone else hates. Oh! Yeah. Okay. That's why you don't All know right. about it, Whitey. Sorry. Right. Yeah, bro. Whitey. Yeah. Pass, You're not in the go. group. Well, they collect the hate crime. used it. I'm allowed to tell people to hate you. Yes. Because oh, of your wow. race and your religion Wait. because of the way I That's look. textbook usage. Yeah. You're 50% white. It was great. White. It was excellent. How, He's not 50% you... white. Oh. Would you 23 <clears throat> in me him? Yeah. You have yeah. no idea. I did. How dare you, Gerald, question his race. I dare. So, by the way, in case you missed <laughs> it's this. It's in his name. 
Democrats have been trying uh, to, to pass these bills, the hate loophole, when I looked into it a little more, that would make it illegal to own or purchase a firearm if you've been convicted of a misdemeanor hate crime. So that's wow. important because right now, if you're convicted of a violent crime or an actual felony, right. obviously you cannot purchase a firearm. We yeah. already have those laws. Yeah. What is a misdemeanor hate crime? What would you have to do to get charged with it? Okay. So here's a specific <laughs> example in looking it up. Some uh, There were these students at a University of Connecticut. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they were goofing off, and, and by the way, not condoning these actions, so let's be clear. Of course. They were yelling increasingly offensive words back and forth. It was like, you remember the penis game when you were a kid? Right. Yes. You, say, yeah. you said penis. 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 Ha. Penis. Penis. Penis! penis. penis! <laughs> it's not really a challenge because I'm a host, and so Bills. no one here is going to blame me. But that was a game we used to play. I know women are saying, well, what did you used to play? We're very stupid. We yeah. played a circle game where <laughs> someone circle looks game. at a circle. For some reason, I'm allowed to hit him. Yes. Right. Everybody agrees to the rules. Unless you get your finger through the hole. I'm in the clan, apparently, right? Apparently, it's one of those yeah. two. One of those two. And then we used to play the penis game as a kid, which is where you would have to say penis increasingly louder in a public yeah, space right, to see, right. you know, who would be more more readily charged with a sex crime. Uh, <laughs> that was effectively <laughs> the game. At stake was your permanent record. <laughs> um, so the kids were doing this, awesome. but they were doing a variation, from what I understand, offensive words back and forth. Some other students filmed them saying the N-word. Again, yeah. not saying you should yell the N-word, of course not. They were charged with a misdemeanor hate crime. My so gosh. just saying a slur, not even at anyone, and you could lose your Second Amendment rights, your God-given right to protect your house and home. Imagine that. When you're a kid, and by the way, penis could also, the penis game, that, comment yeah, below exactly. if you've ever played the penis game. Okay, I'm not saying this to try and be shocking. It was a very common game in house school. Let yeah, me know if you yeah. played it, because now that could be a hate crime if you say it around someone who's gender fluid, and they could yeah, be yeah. really upset. I and then, triggered. 20 years down the line, oh, there's a robber at your house, and you don't have your 357 next to your bedside because right. you mentioned male genitalia across the bathroom from someone who had male genitalia yeah. but claimed they were a woman. Thanks, Pete Buttigieg. Exactly. I appreciate it. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. we could all be found guilty of that crime just by singing a, our favorite rap song. We've gone through this with all those right. different words. Like, just saying the word itself is what you're saying is wrong here. By the way, <clears throat> we've said this so many times. There is no such thing as hate speech. There is no such thing as a hate crime. I don't tend to commit crime in a loving manner. The right. penalty shouldn't be different because I thought about right. you differently in my head when right. I killed you. Yeah. The end result is that you're dead. And, and I do recommend you look up the hate loophole and, and see the cases that they actually yeah. make. It is Silly. startling that they believe people people on the left believe that folks should lose their Second Amendment rights. And, yeah. and one of the interesting things, when we're going through that story, notice how it was unstated what the skin color was of the people Just who were right. filmed. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was, because think about it, if, if the skin color had been anything other than white, or, or most certainly had been African-American or black, it would have been no story. There would have been right, no right. story. It would have been simply, oh, that's certainly okay. So again, it's not just the words that they're being said. It's who's saying them and the outer characteristics of them. Again, judging yeah. by skin color and right. not by content. So it's not the words themselves. It's who's saying the words. Well, I right, think a lot exactly, of people yeah. don't know this where they say, like, oh, you know, we need background checks. Okay, this is why we used to do the hashtag gift the gun. We should bring it back. Anyone who's ever purchased a firearm legally knows you get a background check. Yeah, yeah. Every time. Yeah, that's that's what happens. I just watched some uh, some film. I don't remember what it was. Uh, oh, it's that show Messiah. Terrible show, by the way, on Netflix. And uh, the guy goes in to buy a gun, and he just goes, uh, yes, I would like to buy a gun. And he gives him a fake ID where it clearly yeah. doesn't look like him. And the guy goes, eh, fine to me. And he just hands him a bunch of <laughs> right. ammo and a gun. Like, that's not, how, sure. that's not no. what happens. You're usually there for a half hour. You have to check a bunch of boxes. For some reason, you have to check Caucasian as well as not. Latino, which is yeah, weird to is me. It? It I don't is, get yes. that one. <laughs> it's very weird to me. I thought the first check did the both. But know? they just want to make sure you're really not Latino. Okay, <laughs> right, fine. Not like you're not like Latino, like Elizabeth Warren is Native American. Why is this on the questionnaire? I just wanted to White buy a passing. Walther. <laughs> there's, a, there's actually a place where you can put your, how much percentage 
Native American you are, and, oh. and it's close oh. to nine digits. Like you can put all really? the way down. Yeah. It has Crazy. to. It's they like pi. To. Decimal point, and then a lot of. That's Darren Aronofsky's next film. It's <laughs> yeah. a sequel. Climate change. Let's go to climate change. Pete Buttigieg. This is so funny. I mean, he supported AOC's uh, Green New Deal. Oh, we're gonna get the uh, wiki now. Which I don't even know how. If you you can go back and watch that video where I read the entire Green New Deal on camera. It's six yeah. pages. Like you're, you're. If you bought a used car, your Carfax is longer than the Green New Deal. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of substance. And so not sad. only that. But Pete Buttigieg went as far to, while we're talking about the moderate, uh, claim that the, the, the climate change was a big cause of the Syrian war, <laughs> and that if you eat hamburgers okay. or straws, you are part of the problem. Don't take my word for it. And migration crises are increasing because of things like droughts and fires that are accelerated by the problems in our climate. There's some evidence that this contributed... <laughs> For example, there to the some Syrian evidence, civil Pete? war. I think really? we think about it mostly through the perspective of, of guilt. Uh, you know, from using a straw to eating a burger. Am I part of the problem? Oh, really? Well, Pete, problem! Because I think some oh, folks are missing. Wow. Oh, that's oh. every one of the yeah. things. Yeah. Is his mouth ever closed? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Well, look, I think this is so stupid. What, what did Assad get hot? And he was like, oh, it's terribly hot over here. I need to start killing people. No, he didn't. He also forgets one very important thing. Jobs don't always equal peace. In some cultures, they do. But these guys hate us. Yeah, They're exactly. going to start. Yeah. ISIS is, is fighting them. They're fighting. They're always going to be fighting. It's not because of the weather. Yeah, okay? Pete Buckett thinks cult. that uh, we now have ISIS and people are being burned alive in cages because the 1.2 change Fahrenheit uh, exacerbated yes. uh, Soleimani's uh, male menopause. Yeah, exactly. It, that's it. Kill yeah, that's, all that's, the Jews. I know, not Soleimani. We get happened. it. That's yeah. the thing I learned. I didn't realize that the Middle East was apparently not a desert before. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Then they're not used to heat. Then, then America right. caused the Middle East to become a desert because of our huge impact. Impact on the yeah. environment, yeah. and that's what created ISIS. Well, if we did it, I, I if we did it Greta's day. way, if we yeah. did it Greta's way, effectively, uh, Syria would be fern gully. They'd be growing kale and uh, shit. Oh. Yeah, they would. <laughs> It'd be great. I, sh should I feel shame? Nothing has ever grown here, <laughs> aside from terrorism. <laughs> that's in abundance. Collard greens are not a cultural staple for you, <laughs> for good reason. <sighs> How dare you? We dare. We dare, we sweetheart. Okay, dare. let's go to uh, abortion. This is another one. Again, the moderate candidate, Pete Buttigieg, yeah. let me know what you think. Uh, Buttigieg made waves for saying that um, there's no place, by the way, for pro-life Democrats in the party. Yeah. So that was that's what people know. And they thought, well, that's kind of maybe off color. They think maybe it's a one-off. No, it's not. Because he also refuses to place any limit on abortion at all, including infanticide. And this isn't a radical position in the Democratic Party. We'll talk about that with Alan Dershowitz a little bit to make America's favorite lawyer after this, because someone must be conflicted if they consider themselves pro-abortion, pro-choice, but they think there are limits. There is no place for you in the Democratic Party. Yeah, it's actually yeah. far more moderate because nearly every major Republican considers there uh, to be exceptions for rape or incest. Right. Democrats, none, not a single candidate outside of Tulsi Gabbard would name a point where you should stop the abortion. So uh, before watching the clip that I'm about to show you, re remember, even the pro-choice group, the Guttmacher Institute, they say that most late-term abortions, this is important, are not because of birth defects or because of health of the mother. So when Buttigieg hmm. goes on to say in this clip, like, oh, late-term abortions mean there's some kind of terrible health problem, according to his own sources, he's flat-out lying. Now you see the clip from pro-life people like me was that you and meant Megan a baby actually microphone. being born. And <laughs> possible, you know, there's a lot of controversy with um, Governor Northam and what it means and what, what time a woman should be able to have an abortion. I just wanted you to clarify because I found that statement to be pretty radical. Well, uh, I'm just pointing to the fact that uh, different people will interpret 
their own moral lights, and for that matter, interpret scripture differently. Partial birth abortion is something that was coming up in, in like I said, Governor Northam. It was a huge controversy when he was running for All governor. Right, he, I, I think here comes a people layoff. in Democrats, and there are a lot of pro-life Democrats in the country, want to know exactly where your line is, because you will be the president if you win. Right, but my point is that it shouldn't be up to a government official to draw the line. It should mm. be up to the woman who's confronted with the choice. And both infanticide after a baby was born, you'd but be comfortable Does anybody with that. seriously think that's what these I, cases I were about? Think, think, think about the situation. That, yes. if, you're, if this is a late-term situation, then by definition, it's one where a woman was expecting to carry the pregnancy to term. Then she gets the most perhaps devastating news of her life. We're talking about families that, that may have picked out a name, maybe assembling a crib, and they learn something excruciating and are faced with this terrible choice. Ugh. And I don't know what to tell them uh, morally about what they should do. She's trying to give him rope to pull yeah. in his lifeboat. It's like, here you go. Here's rope. Here's a life string. And he's like, what? And he's strangling himself <laughs> with yes, it. exactly. And, and she's just sitting there like, hey, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> right away. What do you think about ah, ah, Stop! Stop! I can't believe it. As if the cackling weren't enough. Now I got to deal with your mic pops. It's oh just, it's just, it's like they're out stupiding each other. So... This is completely untrue. It's not only untrue by the source, but let me let me let me give you something, a, a thought exercise here. Okay, we know that from the Guttmacher Institute, that's not the case for the vast right, majority yeah. of late-term abortions. Yeah. There's almost no time where a late-term abortion is medically necessary. Period. Ever. But do you really buy that? Do you really buy that for a second? This does, this is a gross disservice to women who have miscarriages or women who want to have children. There are birth complications yeah. because if a woman actually had the room painted and a crib up and she's had a housewarming party, a baby shower, and they've done a whole gender reveal, which I guess is also hate speech now. Maybe you won't be able to Probably buy an is. AR-15 after that. I have no idea, according to Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> but do you really think that this mom is the kind of mom who is going to abort that baby at eight or nine months? If there is a 0.05% chance of that baby living, that mother of course is going to go through with the birth because to them, going through the process of birth is a small price to pay. I'm not saying it's a small price to pay, but to them, even for the possibility exactly. that this baby, this human being, could yeah. be brought into the world. Do you really even believe he's trying to paint a hypothetical scenario to tug on your heartstrings? Let's use it. A mom paints the paints the walls blue. It's going to be a boy. The mom's been taking prenatal vitamins. The mom is not a Planned Parenthood activist. The mom actually wants to have this baby. The mom's gone and had ultrasounds. The mom has already named the baby. And the doctor says the baby's doing well. And all of a sudden, there's a complication where this baby may or may not make it, like a Tim Tebow, at eight months yeah. or nine months. And you think that mom goes, Oh, well, get the forceps. Really? No. Really? Yeah. No. It's just amazing to me, the dishonesty and the fact that he wouldn't just take the layup and say, well, of course I'm against infanticide. Yeah. <laughs> That's the wow. easy one, right? Of course you can say that. And he said moral at the end of it. Morally, I don't know what to tell them. How about not killing a yeah, child? Right. Yeah. Is there any clearer moral line that we can draw? Fine. If we have disagreements down the line on what's week 20, week 25, week 30, can we just say that at the very end when doctors say it's almost never medically necessary right. to have an abortion, can we just say that that that's the moral line. Well, and we have to be really Please. clear here. Some people go, well, what if it's what if it's dead and says stillbirth? That's not what we're talking no. about. We are talking about a baby at seven, eight, nine months. There is no debate at this point when people say, well, it's a nuanced issue. It's not nuanced at all that this baby could live outside of the womb. Right. 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 
Babies are born all the time. I think uh, it was either me or my brother who was born premature. One of us was aching to get out. One of us couldn't be pulled out. I don't remember which one was which. I talked to my mother. Mm. It's warm in here. I'm willing to bet I was born early because I was Thinking kicking. Like, get me out of here. Right. But the point is, uh, <laughs> I don't even remember what the point was. The point is no. The point is no. We are talking child. about a seven, eight-month-old baby yeah. that is still alive, but there is a strong chance that this baby doesn't make it. And so you make a decision to stop the heart. Yeah. We are talking about a scenario where there's a beating heart, there's a live baby, and because there's a chance it may not make it, a doctor and a woman are stopping the heart right. of that seven, eight-month-old baby. And the statistics, the research, according to Buttigieg's own sources, show us it is never medically necessary. Right. That is unequivocally, it's not nuanced, that is murder. Yeah. That is yeah. murder, and I believe that a doctor who willingly does that should be charged with murder. Yeah. yeah. And if you happen to be in Virginia, um, if you make that decision and the baby comes out, we have tape of them saying this is what you should be allowed to do. You should make a decision where they're going to yeah. let this baby live or die. Yeah. That's, that is remarkable. Th that's not taking it out of context. That's the full no, context. That's literally full what context. he said. All right. We do have to get anything, uh, anything to add there, Bill? No? Yeah. So definitely Pete is a moderate. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> sure. I was on the fence, but now I'm He's so fucked. Yeah. When people yeah. say moderate, okay, if you compare him to Bernie Sanders, again, the guy who honeymooned in the USSR, the guy who said a 90% tax rate is okay. All right, I understand it. But remember they used to say Barack Obama was sort of leading us towards socialism? Pete Buttigieg is so far to the left of Barack. He's, he's, not, he's well beyond the passing lane. He's just Past the median in a ditch, okay? <laughs> Pete Buttigieg is to the left of Barack Obama. He would be the furthest left president that we've ever had in the history of this country. But un unfortunately, because we are comparing him now to radical leftist socialists, the guy who supports infanticide, the guy who wants mandated government health care, the guy who wants to take away semi-automatic weapons, even if you happen to have used a naughty word at some point, is seen as a moderate candidate. Pete Buttigieg, that sniveling little mouth always open at the fair, worm is being presented as a moderate Did candidate. somebody say the worm? Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, he's gosh. back. Come on, dude. He's so oh, relatable. My. Oh. Oh, okay. Wow. All right, he, Alan Dershowitz after this. Can oh. someone shoot him? Yeah. Hello. Hey. No. Uh, do you guys have Black Rifle Coffee? Uh... Uh, I was just a, not the again. Not today. Is that? No, I heard. I heard you. So, it's got an acidity that's it's nice, but it's subtle. I wouldn't say quite citrus, but Saskatoon berry. So is that? A, that's that's a no. Don't. It's a. No, I've heard of the coffee, but I choose not to support a brand that takes part in the military industrial complex and the needless wars overseas that support an inherently patriarchal system that you're probably a fan of, even though you're some pencil neck chicken hawk who's never fought a day in his life, but your uncle at Thanksgiving told you, rah, rah, America, this is how we do things. Do I have that about right, Todd? Black Rifle Coffee. Go to blackriflecoffee.com slash Crowder today. Black Rifle Coffee. You've heard of them probably quite a bit. They're a veteran-owned company, and a portion of their profits go to veteran causes. That's great. Glad to hear it. 
Most important thing is they make fantastic coffee. If you go to blackriflecoffee.com slash Crowder, you get 20% off your first order. Uh, if you're not a coffee nerd, well, it's uh, very well priced and it's high quality. If you are a coffee nerd, you can do no better at the price point. I'm a coffee nerd. We use this actually in the uh, espresso machine here at the office. Blackriflecoffee.com slash Crowder. Great coffee. They have the balls to sponsor this show. We're really glad that uh, we're in, uh, in a partnership with them. Black Rifle Coffee, BRCC. That's the abbreviation. I mean, Zero. Tim just walked out, and it was Tim's face, and then Brian Stelter's face. <laughs> this is bizarre. He closed the door, and it was like, I'm fasting. You did it. You f***ed me up. I'm dreading us! Some of these! I don't know what they're saying in that song at all. Me neither. I have no idea. I don't get it. I don't, and I also don't, I don't understand, I still don't understand the beanie. But we've already been over that. Uh, all right, our next guest, no stranger to controversy. Oh, yeah. uh, people, I feel like, with, especially with a lot of people who might watch the show who are, who are younger, who aren't necessarily right. as involved in the political process, they know the name but they don't know everything that he sort of played a, a role in, a huge yeah. part of American history. Uh, he is, of course, a lawyer, uh, former Harvard Law professor. He has a new book out. I want to make sure I get this right. Guilt by Association, which uh, provides a pretty in-depth um, analysis of some of the accusations brought against him by uh, these alleged Jeffrey Epstein sort right. of victims. One of them is Virginia. I don't know how to pronounce her. her Virginia Roberts Griff. It sounds, it sounds like a cheese that I would mispronounce. Yeah. But uh, he was also, of course, a part of uh, President Donald Trump's uh, defense team amid, uh, amid the uh, impeachment saga. Oh, you yeah. can follow him on the Twitter at Alan Dersh. Spoiler alert, Mr. Alan Dershowitz, how are you, sir? Well, thank you, but it's guilt by accusation. Did I get that wrong again? I keep saying association. All right. And you can get it for a buck ninety-five on Kindle, and it's really worth reading because... The accusation against me by a woman I never met could happen to you, could happen to your brother, your sister, your child. So yes, you should read guilt by accusation. I do. I do get accused quite a bit by women I've never met, but they're not as as uh, grave. It's just you're a prick, and I say, <laughs> well, you know, the evidence. Uh, well, we yeah, have to weigh it. I mean, um, yeah. but before we get to that, so it is guilt by accusation. Dollar ninety nine. That's right. Did you do the audio book? I did. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's a lot. I did the audio book and the Kindle. Is there, so you can read it or hear it in any format you want. How long does it take you to do an audio book like that? Because it's not a short read. It's a day, usually a day, starting at nine wow. and going until about five. I read pretty quickly. I don't make that many mistakes, so it goes pretty fast. But, you know, my phone rings, and I have to take pauses, and clients on death row, clients who are up for long prison terms, they have a right to call me at any time, so I don't turn off my phone. Hey, quick question. This is just totally, when you get your phone and it rings, do you ever answer, is it ever Gloria Allred? Because I imagine that would be a fight for the ages. Well, no, Gloria and I are friends. Uh, uh, I like her, I admire her. <laughs> I think she does great job when she, when she represents people who are justly accusing other people. And she uh, basically told me that she didn't believe the accusation against me. So I think she is one of the people who really can distinguish true accusations from false accusations. Many feminists have been on my side 
because they see false accusers really hurting the movement terribly. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened with my accuser. She was put up to it by her lawyers. They saw a real pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And now I'm suing the lawyers and suing her. And I want to see her in prison because she filed false affidavits, knowing they were false affidavits. Right. And people who make false accusations against people they never met should go to prison. People who make false accusations that are matters of degree, well, I don't think he can, I consented, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. No, they, they, are, they are making an honest mistake. Right. But people who deliberately and willfully sit down and say, I'm going to accuse somebody I never met because I can make a lot of money, people like that ought to go to jail. Okay. Well, and I want to circle back uh, to that. So, Gloria Allred, fair to say, in your favorites, in your five favorites yeah. on the iPhone. We get it. Uh, but let me ask you, controversial figure, obviously, you've been a lifelong liberal Democrat from, from what you've right. said on shows. I want to make sure that people are clear on that, because some people confuse your defense of Trump uh, as you being a lifelong Republican. So as a lifelong Democrat, you decided you opted to help defend President Trump here. Why? For people who may not necessarily know, but it is, it is uh, very compelling for people to, to hear mm -hmm. But for the same reason that I helped defend President uh, Bill Clinton. Um, I testified in his behalf. I consulted with his legal team. I wrote a book about it. I wrote op-eds about it. I don't believe impeachment should be used for partisan purposes. Um, I also defended the rights of Richard Nixon. Even though I supported his impeachment, I thought he was being treated unfairly by some prosecutors. And so I jumped in to defend his rights, too. For me, I always defend the Constitution. Mm -hmm. If Hillary Clinton had been elected president and she were impeached on grounds of abuse of power, I would have been there defending her as well. So as I said in my speech in front of the Senate, I'm here on behalf of a principle. I'm here because I love my country, I love the Constitution, and I don't want to see the Constitution turned into a partisan weapon in which impeachment can be used against any president when the House of Representatives is under the control of the opposite party, which is what would have happened had President Trump been removed from office. And I think there are some misconceptions here. Uh, I think the key one that we often hear is this, you're talking about a trial with no witness when they talk about the impeachment saga. This, most people have no idea what went on in the House, right? Um, right. How many witnesses do we have when we talk about the House? Was it, was it 17 or was it nine? Was it 17 or 18, including Schiff? I've also heard 19. But a lot of people think no witnesses ever at any point, and that's just flat out wrong. It's flat out wrong, number one. Number two, there shouldn't have been any witnesses in the Senate for a very obvious reason. There was no impeachable crime charge. Let me give you an example. Let's assume you were accused of miscegenation, having sex with a woman of the opposite race, uh, which, of course, is a crime in many states. You'd go into court immediately and say, hey, it's unconstitutional. And they would say, but witnesses, we need witnesses. No, 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 you don't get witnesses if you charge somebody with an unconstitutional crime. You don't get to call witnesses if you charge a president with unimpeachable, non-impeachable uh, offenses. Right. Uh, you have to first reach the threshold. Is it an impeachable offense if we can prove it? Then if you can prove it, you get to call witnesses. But if even if you proved it, it wouldn't be an impeachable offense. Obviously, abuse of power is not an impeachable offense. Obstruction of Congress is not an impeachable offense. You don't get to call witnesses. Well, what would it's, constitute it's a an legal one, not a factual one? Hmm? What would constitute an impeachable offense? Because a lot of other people on the other side, well, I don't want to say other side, because again, you're a lifelong Democrat, have argued that these right. were impeachable offenses. Uh, I obviously don't think they are. But what would you say passes that threshold? Richard Nixon, very clearly. Richard Nixon, trying to get elected president, thought it was in the public interest to have himself elected president, obstructed justice, bribed witnesses, paid hush money, destroyed evidence. All of those things were crimes, high crimes. Perfect case for impeachment, the only case for impeachment in American history. 
Andrew Johnson shouldn't have been impeached, Bill Clinton shouldn't have been impeached, and Donald Trump shouldn't have been impeached. But Richard Nixon should have been impeached. Anybody who commits a high crime or a misdemeanor, anybody who commits treason or bribery should be impeached. But right. we haven't had cases like that in our history. But the framers rejected broad, open-ended criteria like abuse of power. Forty of our presidents have been accused of abusing their power by political opponents. Do we want to make every president subject to impeachment if the House is under the control of the opposite party? That's what I was fighting against. Right. And what would, what would constitute, I guess, uh, you said high crimes, misdemeanors. Would, would perjury constitute? Because I know yes. we've talked about Bill, well, Bill Clinton. So that's why... But I, it has to be... That was a low crime, not a high crime. It was okay. perjury about private life, not perjury about something that involved governance. Had okay. he committed perjury involving governance, that would be an impeachable offense or extortion or a wide variety of crimes. Mm -hmm. But give me an example from history. Alexander Hamilton, when he was Secretary of Treasury and therefore subject to impeachment, had an affair with a woman. He was married and she was married. Those were both felonies under existing law with serious punishments. But he wasn't impeached. Right. And then the, the, he was extorted. And then the extortionist said, I'm going to say that you paid money to me out of Treasury funds. Had he paid the money out of Treasury funds, that would have been a high crime, but he didn't, so he wasn't impeached, and he was one of the people who wrote about impeachment during the framing generation. Right. Yeah, I do think it is important for people to look at the uh, the founding documents, look at the framers, at what they considered to be impeachable and what they specifically right. excluded. A lot of people don't right. necessarily brush up on that. You go, well, there were a lot of conversations here. There was a lot of back and forth where they said, okay, this, yes, is acceptable, that is not. And I think we right. fell right under the, the latter category right. here. In this and that's what the Democrats failed to understand. Right. The framers excluded maladministration, which was one of the criteria for impeachment under English law, because Madison, the father of the Constitution, said that would be too open-ended. It would turn us into a British parliamentary democracy where the president serves at the pleasure of the legislature. So he rejected that. And he rejected that. He also rejected implicitly abuse of power, obstruction of Congress, uh, malpractice, all the vague, open-ended criteria mm -hmm. that framers did not want to govern impeachment under the Constitution. That's the argument I made on the floor of the Senate. Many senators agreed with me. And then, of course, the Democrats and CNN went on a rampage and claimed that I said a president can commit any crime he wants as long as he wants to be uh, arrested, you know, uh, wants to be elected. Yeah. It was as if I had said the following. This is a good example. It's as if I had said the following. I don't believe this. This is false. I don't believe a president can commit any crime in order to get elected. And then CNN excluded the first part right. and just said a president can do anything he wants, including. Now, do you think that was deliberate? Because be this is my question. It's a very, very different. Okay, this is a very different context here because you appear on CNN quite a bit, and you know they would consider themselves friendly to you for a long time. Conservatives no, didn't not. consider you. Okay, okay so is it awkward not for that. you, like with with Stelter and Cuomo? Like, are you still? Can you still like ring them up, or or are you persona non grata? Because you used to hang out there I quite am a bit. Pretty much persona non grata since I started defending the rights of the president, but. No, I have accused them deliberately and willfully of doctoring my interview. What do I mean by doctoring? Well, they edited it, but they edited it in a way to suggest the opposite of what I said. Right. I said if the president commits any crime, he can be impeached. They took that out, and they said, I said, if a president commits any crime, he can't be impeached. That's not just editing. That's doctoring. Right. And that's what CNN did, and MSNBC did it. And some of the other networks did it. And then the members of Congress, uh, the managers 
right. quoted CNN and MSNBC and made me say things that were exactly the opposite of what I said. Exactly the opposite. And they are so good at doctoring. I, I blame Sanjay Gupta. When you have a guy on staff and that's all he does, that's what he's looking that's to do. Um, I don't want to move back to the uh, to the uh, Epstein case and to um, sure. uh, this uh, Virginia. How do I pronounce her last name, by the way? Goofray, Goofray. Virginia Roberts. That's what I'm going to go with. So um, yeah. um, I don't think we're so concerned about the name there. Uh, before I move on to that, though, you did write an article, an op-ed, sorry, in uh, The Hill, I believe, where you talked about some, some of your friends uh, at Martha's Vineyard that they've demanded now, do I have this right, trigger warnings so they can be assured right. to, to know that they won't encounter you or your ideas? Is this, is this in the entirety of Martha's Vineyard? No, but we have had a group on Martha's Vineyard, probably 30 couples that we used to socialize with, and many of them now refuse to have anything to do with me. One of them just wrote me an incredibly self-righteous letter saying, I can no longer be in your society. Um, <laughs> How do you know the hand no flutters? Did she? Yeah. I can see it because I know the guy. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> right, right, the most boring guy on the face of the earth. What a blessing for him to say to me, <laughs> I don't want to be in your society. I had to be polite to him. Right. The year is because my wife and his wife got along and they were friends. <laughs> but the guy was so boring when I got the letter saying he didn't want to be in my society anymore. I jumped up and down and cheered. Uh, and, right. But many people on Martha's Vineyard have uh, refused to be associated with us. And they want to know where I'm going to be. So they say, we had a friend who had a daughter having a, a, a or son having a wedding, mm -hmm. a wedding party. And uh, we were, of course, close friends, but so was another couple. And the other couple said, no, you have to make a choice. If you invite Alan and his wife to wow. the wedding, we're not So going. you're a real-life real Larry David, where you just put the MAGA hat on the seat next to you so that people <laughs> wouldn't bother you. He got the idea from me. What you, you know, Larry, <laughs> people. Larry got the idea from me. The only difference is I don't have to wear the MAGA hat. Right. I have to show up. And yeah. people walk and leave the restaurant. All you have to do is defend the most controversial president in modern American history. It's a trade-off. I would go for the beanie, as uh, Court of Black Garrett here would. Uh, final question, and then Just we're going to go to a, a web extended here uh, after a quick break. Um, did you get that same kind of backlash when you defended people like you know O.J. Simpson, Epstein, Harvey Weinstein, Mike Tyson? No, nothing like it. In those instances, people said, we don't like what you're doing. With Trump, they say, we don't like who you are. We don't like who you are. And it was very personal. In the other cases, well, we wish you didn't do it, but we still like you. But we don't like you now. Wow. And we don't like who you are and what you've become. What have I become? I've been a civil libertarian all my life. I've never deviated from my principles. I would be doing the same thing if Hillary Clinton had been. If Hillary had been elected president, I would be a very happy man today, A, because I supported her, and B, because they try to impeach her and I would defend her, and they would build a statue to me on Martha's Vineyard. Wow. I'd be the hero of Martha's Vineyard, making exactly the same arguments I'm making today. What hypocrisy. Part of me believes that. A part of me believes that you're saying that publicly because you don't want to get whacked. But <laughs> I understand it. I appreciate it. Stay safe out there. The book is, uh, we're going to come back after this to the web extended. The book is, of course, Guilt by Accusation, Not Association. Oh, right. Alan Dersh on the Twitter. Uh, for those who are not Mug Club members, uh, this is going to be uh, after the break. More with Alan Dershowitz. My Little Mug Club, daily content from Blotter with Crowder.
$99 a year, $69 for students, veterans, and active military. I love you, my little mug club. Subscribe now at louderwithcrowder.com slash mug club. Louderwithcrowdershop.com is now selling baseball tees in red, blue, and ash. Get yours at louderwithcrowdershop.com today. swim that's called the when i was uh three years old and i jumped off the high dive and i forgot that arm floaties on and it's oh, very and just, painful because yeah. uh, you you don't shoot up back to the surface like you normally would you, you shoot up shoulders first you go Hah! yeah very uncomfortable it's rough yep and i almost drowned with uh, one of those floaty belts because it tips you over it doesn't tip you back alan dershowitz people who have uh, experienced this this close call with death <sighs> from their floaty belt at Seaway Pool in St. Lambert. Know what it is of which I speak. Everyone else, sorry. Um, (laughs) Alan Dershowitz, there's a long extended interview uh, available on Mud Club where we talk more about Epstein and the sexers, all that stuff. So uh, next week, some big shows coming your way as well. I think we have Rudy Giuliani in the show next Thursday. Prestigious. That should be... (laughs) What do you sound like you don't want to be here? (laughs) Hey, what's wrong with that? You're like that kid who just, uh, who's cynical about everything in college, so he just insults things by saying something that sounds like it's not an insult, but is meant as an insult, and everyone's like, oh, he must be smart. <laughs> Prestigious. Or like, funny. You're like, I think custodian. he's not funny. <laughs> yes, custodian. Yeah. Well, that's not so much an adjective. That's just a, that's just a noun. Custodian. Oh, wow. What do you have a problem with custodians? They are the backbone of society. Mm-hmm. Them and teachers. So, um... I wanted to talk about something. We were just talking about hate, hate loopholes uh, earlier today with the, the gun laws. And I do encourage all of you, look up hate loophole. And I want you to read the leftist sources and how they believe it should be closed and what they believe should constitute a hate crime misdemeanor. Don't read conservative sources. Just read the case, uh, the actual cases themselves. You can find them. Um, it's alarming. And, and and that sort of combined with I was just rewatching Silicon Valley uh, recently. If anyone out there uh, watches, I think it's one of the best comedies in in the last decade. Um, so a bit of a memory trigger. Uh, I realized, for the same reason I hate these hate loopholes that they discuss, is, is what I hate so much about the left in comedy today. We can say entertainment and culture at large, but let's, let's kind of use comedy as a jumping off point. In Silicon Valley, there's this character, Russ Hanneman, uh, hilarious, one of the funniest characters that I can think of in a modern sitcom. And he was making a joke about how his uh, Russian mail-order bride had some ideas regarding Jews. He said something like, she has some, she has some ideas regarding Jews. Some good some bad. That was the joke. <laughs> and I was sitting there uh, laughing, and it's based on his, you know, contextually, it's tough for me to repeat it right now, but it's, it's basically a joke about anti-Semitism, right? And obviously they have Jewish people who work on the show, right? They have Jewish people backing the show, producing the show, and they're comfortable creating that kind of comedy. So the joke itself is anti-Semitic-ish, 
but it's a joke about someone being blatantly anti-Semitic. And I think that context is really important because the reason that they're comfortable creating these Jewish producers and actors is for the same reason that people were comfortable with Don Rickles making jokes about everybody, regardless of race or ethnicity or, or, or gender or um, really, I mean, if you think about it, most, some of them didn't even make sense. Like, Muhammad Ali is here. Look, get punched in the face. He goes, huh? Huh? He goes, huh? What? 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 He says what? But people are like, well, you know, it's Don Rickles. It's Don. But it's the same, it's for the same reason that we weren't offended by Don Rickles back in the day. It's for the same reason that, that friends, for example, especially guy friends out there, we were talking about this earlier, the penis game. Friends make fun of other guys' moms. You know that quarter black hair. Yeah. It's a common thing. And it's, it it's because you know that people don't really mean it. You know that the people in Silicon Valley are not actually anti-Semitic. You know that Don Rickles, when he's roasting Muhammad Ali, hates blacks about as much as he hates alcoholics when he's roasting Dean Martin, which is to say, not at all. When you make fun of someone's mother, for women who don't understand this because we say the most filthy, depraved things you can say about someone's mother, that's what guys do. You may not understand, there are two mothers. Guys, you can back me up on this if your wife is listening, if you're listening in the car, uh, lest they make yeah. you shut it off forevermore. Okay, there are two <laughs> mothers, we all know this, right? There's the real mother, who's a lovely lady, who you have respect for and you treat politely when you see her, and then there's the imaginary mother to whom you do unspeakable things on principle, just because <laughs> you want to get under your friend's skin. The reason that you can make those jokes, and I say this deliberately, is because it's a safe place because you know intent. There's nothing more unfun than a guy makes a mom joke and someone else makes a mom joke and they're like, whoa, why would you say about my mom? You know she has cerebral palsy. Because we're doing that, you know I don't actually want to hurt your feelings and insult your mother. Again, the intent behind Silicon Valley is not to spread anti-Semitism, okay? It's not to do any of those things. It's just to try and interact with people. And sometimes we interact with people in a way that might be offensive to some. But the point is, it was fine back in the day. And it was fine when you watch Silicon Valley in certain contexts. People are free and open to explore. They should be the creative space that is comedy. And something that's really important, the reason we often do this and sometimes comedy goes too far is because unlike a lot of arts, I shouldn't say unlike a lot of arts, but I think sometimes people give a pass to music or they give a pass to, I don't know, it could be poets, I have no idea. But a lot of times for some reason people think, oh, a comedian all of a sudden means it. Why? Because there's no backup band, there's no bass, there's no drummer, it's just a guy talking into a microphone. And so you assume that this must be 100% true or authentic. And I think that's why comedy is a real lightning rod now. Why people care about politically correct culture in comedy. Let me tell you this, they don't give a free pass to comedy, but sometimes it's just as, just as similar to uh, artists I'm trying to say art. Comedians are artists, but any other art, you know, painting, doodling, whatever the hell it is. I don't know what the term artist means anymore. Are you a dick? Are you self-important? You're an artist. We get it. <laughs> but all comedy, to some degree, all of it, almost without exception, comes from pain. Every single bit, think about this, every joke or bit that you've heard, I want you to go through this thought experiment right now and find the pain in the jokes. Louis C.K., obviously. If you go to Bill Burr, obviously. These are obvious ones. If you go to Jerry Seinfeld, the pain comes from observing things in the mundane that irritate him. The same reason Curb Your Enthusiasm is so funny to so many people. Larry David gets upset at the smallest things, and that causes him some degree of pain. Let's go back to the most basic joke there is. What's the first joke that almost everybody hears when they're a kid or tells? Why, why did the chicken cross the road? Right? So it's, why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know. To get to the other side. The pain is you. The pain is to get to the other side, stupid. You're the idiot. It is at your expense. 
Comedy always comes at the expense of someone, or something, some idea. There's some kind of sting. There's a kernel of ouch. And what the left wants to do is make that impossible. We're talking about this like as it relates to guns, right? Hate loopholes. And we've seen people, my friend Mike Ward in Canada, lost before a human rights tribunal for making a joke about a, about a make-a-wish kid in Canada who didn't die, and he's been fined for violating human rights in making a joke about the kid not dying. That's what hate speech laws lead to. The left wants to make, and I, when I, I know I'm speaking broadly, there are some exceptions, got it, just none of them are running for the Democratic presidential nomination. All of them support these kinds of laws. Or, of course, every mainstream leftist channel, take Samantha Bee, take Trevor Noah, take Young Turks, they all support some kind of hate speech laws. The point is they want to make a culture, an atmosphere, where we can be creative and we can laugh again impossible. When not only do they accuse everybody of racism, but they also don't have any proof of racism. And even in the case where there are people who are very clearly, very vehemently anti-racist, as you see on this show, or as you see with other programs, whether it's, you take your pick, they're always in the doghouse. Dave Chappelle was in the doghouse at one point. They want to accuse everyone of being racist, everyone of being homophobic, and they want you to believe that somehow comedy, what it's always been, is a secret racist dog whistle. They want you to believe that there's racism around every corner. Why? Because it removes that safety of us giving the benefit of the doubt to most people so that we can enjoy our interactions and not be offended. In, in other words, at one point in this country, like we're talking about with Don Rickles or whoever, I'm just using it as an example, at one point in this country, the baseline Right? It was not that everyone was a racist or that everyone was a homophobe. At one point, the baseline was that most people telling a joke, particularly in a setting like Comedy Club or at a roast, are, were not doing it out of hate. The baseline was we presumed that these are jokes. We presumed, we started off, the jumping off point, these are likely generally decent people who aren't hateful. And now that's been turned into racism around every corner. Everyone is a racist or a sexist or a homophobe. And now it's, well, hold on a second, what if the guy's gay? What if the guy's black? Well, okay, now you're a transphobe. Now you're a gender fluid phobe. Now you're a phantom paraplegic phobe. It just keep, the list keeps getting on. Everyone needs to check their privilege in some way. And by the way, that guy on stage at a comedy club is telling a joke regarding race. They're Therefore, he must be a Nazi. That is the jumping off point now. Right? It's, you, you know this, right? There's a lot more racism than you think. That's what people want you to think right now, right? There's more racism than you think. Racism is, there's a lot, we've just been ignorant to it. You need to be more aware. You guys need to stop it. That, guy, that comedian means it. That guy making a joke with his friends, that guy making a joke about your mother means it. He's a rapist. No. And that's what happens. We remove the safety ironically, when we talk about safe spaces, we remove the safety in trying to create all of these safe spaces for people who are offended by everything. We've removed the benefit of the doubt from not only performers and public figures, but now, as you see, with hate loopholes, speech loopholes, and laws that are proposed and supported by current Democratic nominees, we've removed the benefit of the doubt from not only performers, but everyone in our day-to-day -day lives. And that's how you have leftist liberals, progressives at the dinner table with your family who get offended, and, and sometimes there's a disconnect. You're like, I don't even know, why, why, why are they offended? Sometimes you're not going, I know we push buttons on this show, but how many times have you recently had an interaction where someone is offended? You go, I don't even know, there's nothing offensive about what I, how, there's nothing offensive about what I just said. And that happens to everyone listening out there, pretty much everyone if you're not uh, currently running 
for the president of the United States uh, on the platform of the Democratic Party. This, you know, an example, you might have an interaction where uh, someone might be offended. And again, what I'm talking about is a benign day-to-day -day interaction, not something where you're telling a joke, where you, know, you might be dancing on the line. Um, but how often does this happen, right? You have an interaction you couldn't even compute as remotely offensive. It wouldn't even enter into your mental equation, and it sets somebody off. Sets somebody, why is there that disconnect? This is really what, and I've been trying to examine why it bothers me so much. This is because most of us are still living, most decent people, are still living in a world where we give the general benefit of the doubt to people if they make a joke, if they express an opinion, even something that we disagree with. Right? We might just say as a conservative, well, hold on a second, Why, what, what did you mean when you said that right there? And of course, the left, today, when you look at these proposed laws and you look at the cancel culture, and I think it's sort of simplified, but it really is an important point, they want to remove any benefit of the doubt, which is ironic to me. Because I think that we all believe as conservatives, and I talked about this with Dennis Prager, that human beings are flawed, selfish, sinful in nature, whereas the left wants us to believe that all people and centralized governments are inherently morally altruistic. But if everyone is inherently morally good, that's the only way socialism can work. The only way socialism can work is if Pete Buttigieg or Bernie Sanders, anyone who actually grabs those reins, is inherently good and not prone to the human condition of being selfish and sinful. If people are not all inherently morally good, Right? You never trust this much of your life to a few central figureheads in the government. So the left looks at the world through a lens of everyone is basically good, but we don't. Then they also want to create an atmosphere of there's also racism, sexism, homophobia around every corner. And that's how you know that it's a political tool. You're bothered by it. I'm bothered by it. Why? It's a political tool, and a lot of us aren't able to put our finger on it. That's how you know it's being used to selectively silence voices. And what I'm concerned about here is, is not just that, not what leftists want you to say, because none of us really care, but the culture of self-censorship that I see emerging. I'm not talking about the First Amendment. I'm talking about something that everyone out there needs to be aware of and you can control. A culture of self-censorship is more concerning than just the First Amendment. A lot of what we run into, okay, they're, not, they're really not First Amendment issues, but it's really a bully pulpit culture. People use this term cancel culture. It's not. It's a bully culture. And it's designed to create a country where everyone says, ah, I want to make this joke, but I can't say that. Or, you know, you know what, I actually have an opinion when it comes to affirmative action, but I can't, I can't say it. And you cover your mouth and you stay quiet. Here's what I want you to do this week. It's not so much an exercise for self-improvement, this is an exercise for societal improvement. I want everyone out there to walk forward like soldiers, and I know this will probably get me banned. Not violent soldiers, let's be clear, Hill to Dion was, was just allegorical. <laughs> Here's what I want you to do. No more covering of your mouth. Now, if you, granted, exception, if you're an actual racist, if you're an actual sexist, and by that I mean if you believe that people are inferior exclusively because of their race or because of their sex and you want some kind of a white ethno state or any ethno state, uh, you should probably cover your mouth a little bit more, okay? I'm not talking to you. Shut this off. I don't want you listening. But to everyone else, I want you this week to choose to no longer cover your mouth, to choose to stop walking on eggshells. Now, don't choose to offend, but if you have something that you want to say and you're worried about people reacting, I want you to check your intent. And if your intent is not malicious, say it. Say what you were going to say. Regardless of who it offends, I want you to say it. I don't want this, I want speaking. And if someone is offended, follow up. Ask them why and start a conversation. The point is, I think you will find this to be the case. Those people are fewer and further between than the media wants you to believe. So everyone else out there, if you know your intent, 
You know who you are. You know what you mean. I don't want you to cover your mouth. Stop with the self-censorship. That's not what we do here. That's not what we should do. That's not how progress is made. Progress is not made by getting all of the masses to self-censor and a few people in positions of power have the right to tell you what is and what is not okay to say. It doesn't go anywhere good. So if it seems trivial, if it seems like a menial task, no, it starts with you controlling what you can. And what, you, what can you control? Check your heart, check your motive, check your intent. And if you know that it's true, stop self censoring. Stop being a coward. And you know what? You might find yourself going through life with a bunch of other people who aren't self-censoring and you realize, hey, this isn't half bad. It's just a few people who are running from the Democratic nominee and their complicit media pricks. All right, I'll see you next week. Hopefully it helps. Do that exercise. No covering in the mouth. Talk more.